You're listening to Caring for Cleft, an audio series that tells stories of comprehensive cleft care. Caring for Cleft is brought to you by the team at Transforming Faces. It is hosted by Executive Director Hugh Brewster. On today's episode of Caring for Cleft, we'll meet with inspiring professionals from around the world personally impacted by cleft lip and palate from a young age, and who later chose to dedicate their professional lives to comprehensive cleft care. We want to know more about their experiences and how cleft shaped their futures. Now before we jump in, please note that this podcast was developed during COVID-19 restrictions, so your listening experience may be a bit different as a result. Our first guest grew up in a small town in Myanmar, the country formerly known as Burma, along the border with Thailand. Nang Ee Pu, or Gift as she's called in English, always knew that she was different. Teachers, schoolmates, and people in her community would pepper her with questions about her unusual appearance and facial scar. Her parents thought it would be easier if they just kept her daughter's cleft a secret. So they told everyone, Gift included, that she was involved in an unfortunate accident. When I was young, there's are always people asking me what happened with my nose and why I have a scar on my lips. Those questions were hard for me to explain because I just know that it's from the accident, from what my mom told me. So I just said, yeah, that's from the accident. Gift, why do you think your mother kept your condition a secret from you? They are afraid that I will not be able to accept myself as a club person. They were afraid that I will be nervous, I will be upset, and I cannot spend my life normally like others' children do. So what was your experience growing up? But it's good that I have supporting and protective friends when I was young, because when I was in schools, Sometimes the older children like to bully me, but not that much. We are different from other friends, so bully is inescapable. We just need to accept them. Beyond bullying at school, what have you found to be the key concerns of families with a child born with cleft in Myanmar? In Myanmar, there's no cleft centers that can provide their cleft care right away. They need to wait for a mission, for a fly-in project to receive their surgery. Most of the parents, they worry for their children's lives since they don't know what can be done about it. And also, they don't have money for any medical treatment. They don't know where to go. And they have no knowledge about cleft. Gift eventually learned the truth about her cleft. But many families in remote communities throughout Myanmar have never heard about the condition and are shocked and at a loss for what to do when a baby with cleft is born in their community. Gift's own experience makes her determined to ensure families affected by cleft lip and palate feel equipped with facts and experience caring support, especially when the nearest hospital can be a long and treacherous journey to reach and where few people will speak their local language. Accessing timely and effective cleft care often means crossing the border and meeting the team at Overbrook Hospital in Chiang Rai, Northern Thailand. It's take around three to four days. 
I need to have a community leader to bring them to my hometown because they can get lost during the traveling because since they cannot communicate with others, I will meet them and arrange the other things for them. How does your own experience of having a cleft help you relate to other families in Myanmar? My cleft experience have a lot. They receive not only the good care, but also their mental health, the place where they are happy and where they can uh, receive the counseling, receive the help during their days for their treatments until they finish the follow-up and then bring them back to Myanmar again and send them back to their house. Whereas Gift's first experiences with cleft were shrouded in mystery, for our next guest, Angelica Campos, cleft lip and palate was an accepted part of her everyday life in Costa Rica. You see, Angelica has an older sister who was born with cleft and their mother, Sonia, refused to accept that this condition would limit her future in any way. She started working for a brighter future for all children born with cleft in Costa Rica by leading Asociación LPH, the country's only charity focused upon comprehensive cleft care. But this commitment became even more personal for the whole Campos family when Sonia adopted a baby boy. His birth mother had been participating in a pre-surgical cleft treatment program for newborns called nasoalveolar molding or NAM. My brother was kind of a surprise for me. <laughs> so my mom adopted my brother. He was born in San Jose with cleft lip and palate. And his mom was definitely not accepting him at all. She had four kids more back at home. So she was really nervous and she decided not to take the kid home. Angelica, how old were you when your brother was adopted? I was four. Yeah, uh, I had issues actually because well, I think all of the adopted kids has this, uh, I don't know, permit to call the attention a little bit more. And I was like really mad about it. <laughs> yeah, I was super jealous. <laughs> um, but my mom included me in, in the process and she was like, okay, uh, now we have to change the name plate. We have to change his clothes. You can help me bathe him or whatever. And so it was kind of uh, an experience for me to, to, to see it growing up. And now he's 24 years old and he's all grown up. How does your experience with your siblings influence your own perspective on cleft lip and palate? That helped me a lot with seeing it as a very normal situation. <laughs> I don't see it anyway. I don't see it as a different thing. I, I just see it normal now, <laughs> which is weird for some other people <laughs> because I can see kids with mask on or, or with the NAM and I'm like, oh my God, that is such a cute baby. And the moms get me like, this look like, really? <laughs> I'm like, yeah, it's so beautiful. This is the beautiful baby. It's a miracle. <laughs> so I think uh, that vision helped me, I don't know, see them in a whole different way. You mentioned that parents sometimes are shocked that you would call their baby cute or beautiful. Why do you think some parents have a hard time bonding with their child? Well, I think everyone expects perfection on, on their babies. They idealize this baby when they are in the belly. Uh, nobody wants imperfection on anybody. This is a social conception, which is totally wrong. We are not pretty 
by the, the looks. We are pretty because we have something inside that lightens up our soul. <laughs> so I think this approach that we give to a parent, we say to them, please don't see it as a mistake. See it as a miracle because this baby was born anyway. It was born just as any other kid in the world. So we have to embrace it. We have to help him to recover, but he's going to be fine. He's going to do great. He's going to be at school soon. He's going to be really normal kid in the future. Angelica, you've seen up close some of the insecurities that kids who look different can face. Now, your brother just had his last cleft surgery. How's he doing? I've been trying to like, come on, you're handsome enough. <laughs> you're really uh, a, a good person. You have to be feel proud about all of the process that you went through. But he's like, yeah, now you're my sister. You're saying that because you're my sister. So it's really difficult with him. And all of our family is like always telling him, oh, Charlie, how handsome you are. But he doesn't believe it. So it's really hard. I don't know. Sometimes he's like, um, we can even recognize him because he's happy and, I don't know, confident about himself. Some other days he kind of remembers and it all goes down again. <laughs> but I think that's an issue with all of us. I don't think it's just cleft kids. It's all about all of us. Our final guest is Dr. Camilla Cajo, an orthodontist practicing in Toronto, Canada. Growing up in Colombia, Camila's family didn't have access to a team of cleft professionals like those at Association LPH. So it was very challenging, I'll be very honest. Uh, cleft on the palate back then, it was not like very well known and people didn't know what, what it really was. The fact that a, a baby is born with a cleft on the palate doesn't have to be a burden for families, which unfortunately I was a burden for my parents when I was born because they didn't know what to do or how to organize things. I didn't even know, I didn't even know what it was. So at that time, parents of a child with cleft were really on their own to figure everything out. In Colombia, back then, they didn't have a team. So and unfortunately, the government doesn't provide any funding for any type of surgeries or therapy. So basically, your treatment depends on your social status or the funds that you have to pay for it. It was very challenging for my parents. So all the care that was provided to me, I feel like very fortunate and very grateful. It was in the private sector. And then unfortunately, when I was getting all this care, my doctor, my plastic surgeon, he was a very humanitarian individual and he has so pro bono cases. So I was able to see the difference in terms of care while I was gonna go and see him. And something with dental care, orthodontics, everything had to be private. So from day one, I know I was very lucky. I was privileged in Colombia because I was mm -hmm. getting the, the, the care that not everybody was able to get. And yet, even with all the advantages your parents were able to provide, it sounds like it was still a difficult path. I used to think, why me? Why do I have a club? Why uh, this happened to me? Why it was this uh, medication that my mom took? Or was it this? The different stages, depending on the life moment that you are at that point, like school age, teenager, young adult, that you go through different phases. I really don't like my face. I need another surgery, another surgery, another surgery. 
How does your cleft experience shape your approach to orthodontics today? In a way, cleft lip and palate now, I'm actually grateful that I have a great cleft lip and palate because I think thanks to having a cleft lip and palate, I was able to find, sounds a little bit corny, but I was able to find my path, which is giving back to, to families. That first appointment that I, that I have with families, with babies that they were with cleft lip and palate, I think in a way I can actually give back to them what my family didn't have back then. So, Camila, how do your cleft patients respond when they learn that you also were born with a cleft? Sometimes I just bring it up to the appointment and I, you, can, you have to see their faces. I'm going through, like, of course, all the technical things and everything that's going to happen. And um, depending how the appointment is going, I, I even tell the, the mom. I said, like, you know what? Look at me. I have a cleft open palate. And you have the reaction that I see on their faces. They just open their eyes in disbelief. I'm like, yeah, look at closer. I have a scar. And I show them, like, the palate. I just bring my head up and show them in. And they, you see the, 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 like, the change or the attitude, which is great, I think. And, yeah, cleft open palate, basically, I'm who I am today because of a half a cleft lip and palate, I think. Today, Dr. Caro is a member of the world-renowned comprehensive cleft care team at Toronto's Hospital for Sick Children, supporting families born with cleft from across the province. She also supports families overseas as an advisor to transforming faces. For Angelica Campos, helping families through her mom's charity almost felt preordained. She now coordinates the association's national awareness campaign in schools throughout Costa Rica. My mom always says that when she was pregnant of me, she was like, this girl is going to be a whole system, <laughs> help system for our association. She was always trying to destine me to it. And when I was working, I was studying photography. She always told me that uh, she wanted me to get involved as soon as I graduate. I, I packed the national educational campaign since I was very little. So I was already familiar with the whole subject, but I didn't know I was going to get into it so much. <laughs> so when I graduated, I started working. It was 2014, like, like serious work now. <laughs> uh, and it all became really clear. I, I kind of had this connection already, either if I want it or not, <laughs> because I do love it. But it isn't the thing that I study for, but I, I adore doing it. So I, I think it's kind of like a destiny to be thing. <laughs> and this destiny of service to others has been a source of joy for Angelica herself. Sometimes I see parents so distressed, seeing the kids like, why me? Because it happens a lot. Parents really see their kids and they say, why, why did this happen to me? When you see them going out with a whole different spirit and a whole smile in their faces, it's really rewarding to know that you are part of it. Gift's experience growing up with cleft gave her many tools she would draw upon as a medical social worker with Transforming Faces long-term partner the Northern Women's Development Foundation, or NWDF, in Thailand, where they work with families along the border region of Myanmar, Thailand, and Laos to access comprehensive cleft care. Since I'm older enough to know how it feels 
I was nervous for my operations and I was nervous about like my ongoing surgeries. I think it's a good chance for me because I could learn how it's going. You know, I could feel how it's feel like, what is the fears. So I can explain that to the parents and the patients. I can share my experience to them deeply because I, I know how it feels by myself. So I feel like it's a good thing for me to experience that. How do families respond when they learn that you've been on your own cleft journey? At first, they were nervous. And whenever I asked the questions about my cleft, they were very sad. And their eyes are full with tears. They could not explain or told me about that clearly. Because they are afraid that I cannot accept that. But after I joined my work as a social worker and I work for NWDF, some of the patients visit my house. And so from that, my parents could see that I'm going well with them. My, my parents are proud of me that I can use my experience to help others. I believe that Lord made me this way for a reason. And I feel like it's a reason to share the happiness to other club patients. For me, I feel like it's a reason to share my experience, to help them have a healthier and happier ways of life. Whether in Myanmar, Costa Rica, or Colombia, families now have more access to comprehensive cleft care than when our guests were growing up. Yet there is still important work to be done to secure a bright future for all children with cleft lip and palate. My dream is to have equal care for all the patients that are born with the facial differences, regardless of the socioeconomical status or the fact that they can have access to private sector or not. That would be the ideal. The great thing that you guys are doing is that you're training dentists, you train orthodontists. So and in a way, you are creating teams, which is great because the, when a baby is born, they will have the tools to actually get educated. And nothing is more powerful than educate yourself and know what's going on because when you don't have the tools, you really don't know what to do, what's happening. I think that your model is great because you don't just don't go and do surgery and then leave. You actually go in and train the, the specialist. So yeah, for me, the ideal scenario will be universal care teams all around South America and third world countries. Caring for a baby born with a cleft can seem unimaginable for many families, especially those in low-income situations. Finding a pathway to access care can be challenging without a guide, especially where community shame and stigma is still the norm. For our guests, the tireless support of their families, friends, and caring cleft professionals helped each one overcome the obstacles before them. Now, as cleft professionals themselves, their compassion and empathy inspires families beginning their own cleft journeys so that one day, they too can embrace a bright future. Caring for Cleft is brought to you by the team at Transforming Faces. Special thanks to our guests, Nang, E.E. Pugh, Angelica Campos, and Dr. Camila Caro. 
This episode is produced by Andrea Miller with help from Hugh Brewster and Rachel Weiner.